Spirit of hope, settle into our bones on this bright Easter morning. Remind us once again that the dawn light is never a gamble. If there ever was a sure bet, it is the sunrise. Even stones crumble. Even grief changes and shifts. And death is a mystery that is certain but not solid. But hope is like the sunrise, eternal and bone bred within us. We are creatures built by sunshine and cannot carve this hope out of our bones if we tried. And yet people have tried tried to entomb the light, tried to seal off the morning. Emperors and kings, priests and patriarchs, they've brought down death, certain but not solid, on any who point to a new dawn. In these fearful moments, we can be forgiven if we stumble and doubt and deny. But still the sun rises, the sun calls her children into bloom. Always, she says, always I will return. So don't despair. Not all is lost. The small ways of the petty tyrants never win. So place your money on the sunrise. Who are we to bet against glory? These words by Julia Hamilton, they welcome all those who have gathered for our Easter Sunday service. Welcome to those of you who have gathered here in Kensington at Essex Church, and welcome to those who are joining from far and wide via Zoom. We're delighted to have you all with us this morning, whoever you are, wherever you are, however you are, whatever side of bed you got out this morning, or with the help of all the modern technology, perhaps you're still in bed. Welcome anyway. And let's not forget all of those who participate in this community via the podcast, our YouTube channel, or simply by reading the text on our website at a later date. We love hearing from people in all sorts of circumstances who appreciate being able to join our beloved community. And if it's your first time joining this morning, we're especially glad to have you with us. Perhaps you might like to hang around for a chat afterwards or join one of our small groups during the week. May our circle grow still wider as we find new ways to overcome the obstacles to inclusion, to live out our values, and to reach out in love to all those who would share the Unitarian way. For those who don't know me, my name is Jane Blackhall, and I'm Ministry Coordinator with Kensington Unitarians. I've been part of this congregation since 1999, nearly 23 years now. And although I lead the services most weeks, I haven't been back in this actual pulpit since March of 2020. Thanks so much to our tech host, Janine Powell, sitting at the back today, and she's in charge of mission control for the first time this morning, which is liberating me to be up here. She's asked me to ask you for your patience and understanding if there are any technical issues today. And I want to thank all of you who are here in person for doing all that you can to keep everyone as safe as possible in this ongoing time of pandemic by keeping your masks on through the service, including while we sing hymns and light candles and respecting everybody's boundaries. In this morning's service, we'll be reflecting on the Easter story. 
in mainstream churches, there will have been services throughout Holy Week this past week, focusing on different parts of the Easter story. Jesus' downfall, his suffering and death on Good Friday, the utter hopelessness and despondency of Easter Saturday, when all seems lost, and then the hope and triumph of resurrection in all its strangeness on Easter Sunday. As we only have this one Easter service, we'll be considering the whole sweep of the story in one go and asking how it might speak to us at this particular moment in human history. What resonances might we still find in it for our own struggles in life, a life that is so hard for so many? As Unitarians, we'll each have our own particular perspective on Easter, our own relationship to the Christian roots of our Unitarian tradition. So hopefully this morning's service will provide a space to explore what this powerful story means to you, set free from any one fixed interpretation of its meaning. But let's take a moment now to settle ourselves, to become fully present in the here and now, in this time of togetherness, wherever we may be. Let's breathe in to this moment of worship. Let's co-create this sacred space by our intention and our presence. And as we breathe out, let us release anything that's stopping us from being present in this moment. Any aggravations we're carrying, any preoccupations or distractions, let's lay them to one side, at least for an hour or so. And let us light our chalice flame as we do each week and every time we gather. This simple ritual collects us in solidarity with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over. And it reminds us of the proudly progressive historic religious tradition of which this gathering is part. We gather today to remember and relive the old, old story of death defeated by emptiness, of hope and newness triumphant over fear and separation. We come hearts heavy, perhaps, with pain or anxiety, spirits flattened by exhaustion and apathy, vision darkened by strife and injustice. Still, we come seeking and sharing connection and love in this place of community. So may the old, old Easter story of hope and rebirth uplift our hearts and make us glad in the presence of each other's love and care. And may this little chalice flame be to us a symbol of the light that we can hold, even in life's darkest hours. So let's take a moment now to think of all those concerns and joys, spoken and unspoken, all those little windows into our shared human condition and the life of the wider world. And let's hold them 
and each other in a spirit of loving kindness as we move now into an extended time of prayer. You might want to adjust your position for comfort. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze. Perhaps there's some sort of posture that makes you feel more prayerful. Whatever works for you. Let's do what we need to get into the right state of body and mind to pray together and be fully present here and now in this sacred time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which is within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being. As we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune into your holy presence, the light within and without. Be with us now as we allow ourselves to drop into the silence and the stillness at the centre of our being. This bright spring morning, this Easter day, we thank you, God, for the stir of the spirit within us. For the courage equal to every new day. For the hopes which rise out of the failures of yesterday. For the resolve which lifts its head above the wrong and woe and affirms its right to repent and begin again. For the life which cannot be holden by death. For the healing which comes to wounded hearts in time. For the sunrise which is eternally greater than our fires and ashes. For the joy which breaks in, we know not how, when least expected. For the disappointment which opens us to better desire. For the darkness where the roots grow deep down. For the shining thread of goodwill, never lost through all the strange wanderings of humanity. For all the labours of those who have sown that others might reap. For the high calls to duty and service in our own way. For the goodness which is at the heart of this world. And on this Easter day, for the spirit and example of Jesus and of all the saints, for all we love and ever have loved in this precious life that we share, and through the longing we express in this our prayer. In our company this morning and every time we gather in community, there will be those whose hearts are freshly broken open by all the world's sufferings by loss and grief, rejection and loneliness, disappointment and meaninglessness, by all the horrors and injustices of this world that we witness with anguish and frustration. Let us spend a quiet moment now inwardly directing prayers of loving kindness for all those who suffer this day.
in our company this morning and every time we gather in community, there will be those whose hearts are full and overflowing despite everything. Buoyed by the beauty of nature and culture, comforted and uplifted by family and friends. So let us spend a quiet moment inwardly directing prayers of gratitude for all that is so good in our lives. In our company this morning and every time we gather in community, there will be those who are simply keeping on, keeping on as best they can. Their hearts a blessed, messy blend of all life's mixed emotions. So let us spend one more quiet moment asking for what we need to face all life's ups and downs. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer comes to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. And we call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time to sing. We've got a couple of great Easter hymns today, fairly well-known tunes. And our first one is Life's Rebirth. For those of you who are present in person at the church, you'll find the words on your hymn sheet in your order of service. And if you're joining via Zoom, the words will be up on your screen to sing along at home if you'd like. We'll keep you safely muted. So please feel free to stand or sit as you prefer as we sing of life's rebirth.
first reading today is by the retired Unitarian minister Cliff Reed. It comes from a collection of poems and prayers beyond darkness, which he wrote during the first year of pandemic and published last year, 2021. This short poem, which Charlotte's going to read for us, is titled Easter 2020. It draws resonances between the Easter story and the particular experience of living through the first wave of COVID not knowing there would be such a long road and so many more waves to come, while also acknowledging the many other cycles of crisis and renewal that we humans have endured. Easter 2020 by Cliff Reed. It was a time of failing hope, a time of betrayal, despair, and darkness at noon, a time when fear and death seemed to triumph. There have been many such times, times when it seemed that the pale horse and the ghastly rider might drive life from the earth. Maybe we live in such a blighted time, even though we are surrounded by springtime flowers and bursting buds. There is a shadow over the world, robbing us of the season's joy, mocking its beauty. But though we must not diminish the dangers we face, let us remember that death never has the last word. The faith of Easter is that beyond darkness there is light, Beyond sorrow, there is joy. Beyond death, there is life. We are called to be messengers of hope and compassion to each other, to our neighbours and to the world. When the crisis passes, may each of us be able to reflect that we didn't altogether fail the test of love, conscience and humanity. We are living through a bitter, fearful spring, but it will come to an end and we'll see summer come again. Thank you, Charlotte. So we've come now to a time of meditation. I'm going to offer a few words, uh, a prayer poem titled Good Friday by my friend Bob Janice Dillon to take us into the meditation. This powerful poem imagines all those who suffer, that is, 
each and every one of us, all of humanity. And it imaginatively places us and our sufferings into the very heart of the Easter story, right there on the hill at Calvary, where Jesus was crucified. As the saying goes, we all have our cross to bear. The poem hints at what's to come from the suffering of Good Friday and the despondent unknowing of Saturday to the very slightest intimation of there being something down the road beyond that sense of hopelessness, which we who listen know will come on Easter Sunday. These words will be followed by a few minutes of shared stillness and I'll end the stillness with a gong from our bell. And then we'll hear from our quartet singing, You Raise Me Up. So again, let's each do what we need to do to feel comfortable. You might want to get your feet flat on the floor to ground and steady yourself. You might like to close your eyes, whatever works for you. And as we always say, the words are just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way. On this good, good Friday, my heart goes out to my companions at Calvary by which I mean those who are witnesses to the death of life and end of love, those who are broken open like crumbs upon the water, those who are sick and crying out, those to whom no music is playing anymore, anyone lost, anyone lonely, all thieves and trespassers, the generous loves dead at the hands of men and the men and women with imperfect hands. The poor whose dreams are low to the ground enough to be reached by the jackboots. The forsaken under a stormy sky. My heart goes out to my companions at Calvary. I wish I could tell you three short days and then voila but the truth is who knows i'm here with you that's all the night is coming and may bring no rest tomorrow may be the day hope finally gives up the ghost and we can stop fussing around with it sunday if you like i'll come with you to the tomb
I will lift up my voice by Robert Weston. I will lift up my voice and sing. Whatever may be for me, I will still follow the light which kindles song. I will listen to the music arising out of grief and joy alike. I will not deny my voice to the song. For in the depth of winter, song, like a bud peeping through the dry crust of earth, brings back memory and creates anew the hope and anticipation of spring. Out of a world that seems barren of hope, song decries beauty in the shapes of leafless trees, lifts our eyes to distant mountain peaks, which, even if we see them not, remind us that they are there, waiting, and still calling to us to come up higher. Out of the destruction of dear hopes, out of the agony of heartbreak, song rises once more to whisper to us that even this is but the stage setting for a new beginning, and that we shall yet take the pieces of our hearts and put them together in a pattern of deeper, truer lights and shades. I will lift up my voice in song, for in singing I myself am renewed, and the darkness of night is touched by the promise of a new dawn, for light shall come again. Thanks, Brian. Last Monday, no, Tuesday, because it was past midnight, I was sat with my dad, my 85-year-old dad, in a pretty crowded A&E at the Royal London Hospital in Whitechapel. We've been there since tea time, nine hours, advised by 111 to go and get him urgently teched out for a symptom that was potentially ominous. He's fine now, by the way. It turns out it was nothing too serious in the end. That's not the point of me telling you about this. I just want you to imagine the scene in this A&E waiting room in the early hours, surrounded by human suffering and grim-faced endurance, people in all manner of states of pain and misery and disrepair, each with their own personal cross to bear. Nobody wants to be in A&E at 3am on Tuesday morning, neither patients nor staff, you don't go unless you're driven there by urgent need or dire suffering and you've got nowhere else to turn for help. Once the initial assessment had been made, they told us to go home and get some sleep, well, not much sleep it turned out, and come back the following afternoon for a follow-up scan and a decision on treatment. They said they would see dad in the ambulatory care clinic. That phrase caught my ear, ambulatory care. I thought to myself, ambulatory, that means walking, doesn't it? This is a clinic for the walking wounded. Let me take a few steps back though. 
Like I said at the start of the service, today we're reflecting on the whole of the Easter story and attempting to draw out just a few aspects that can speak to our condition in the here and now, in this world that's going through a time of great turmoil and instability, and in which we know so many people are suffering in so many ways, and it was ever thus. We might think of the news headlines, some of those stories in which we're not directly involved perhaps, but which cause us angst and anger just to witness. The horrifying scenes coming out of Ukraine and the plight of refugees, especially in the light of the government's latest pro proposals to process, process, horrible word, asylum seekers in Rwanda. Such dreadful stories are a source of secondhand suffering for many of us right now. But the suffering is getting closer to home for so many too, with the cost of living crisis, the disintegration of the health and welfare and social care systems. All of this has a significant and widespread impact on people's quality of life. And of course, the last two years of the pandemic have certainly taken their toll on us all. Lest we forget, many, many people have died of COVID and many more have long COVID. Their lives have been suddenly changed, perhaps forever, as they learn to live with chronic illness and disability, including several in congregation. Many relationships broke up under the strain of lockdowns. Many people lost jobs and livelihoods. And the lack of social connection has been largely dreadful for people's mental health. And there are so many other sources of personal suffering I could name. All is dukkha, as the Buddhists might say. For me, the Easter story is primarily about suffering and the transformation of suffering. And that's why it's such a powerful story, such a vital one for us to engage in, in times like these. You don't have to believe in the literal bodily resurrection of Jesus, or indeed any element of the story as a historic fact, in order to let the story have its way with you. Maybe even to let it offer you a little hope. We have to see it as a universal archetypal kind of story, one that can speak to the patterns of human life. And Holy Week certainly takes us through a roller coaster of human experience, triumph, betrayal, downfall, denial, cruelty, suffering, death and defeat, silence and despair. And then what next? Resurrection, somehow. An astonishing, inexplicable return from a bleakness which seemed utterly final and inescapable. But Jesus, even Jesus, isn't quite the same figure that he was before. His mates don't even recognise him at first. They mistake him for a gardener, for a fellow traveller. It's not like the clock was just turned back a week and everything was restored just as it was before the crucifixion, when everything was going well. He's still here, Jesus is still here, but he is transformed and he is visibly wounded. The gory evidence of his suffering is plain for all to see. Perhaps this is where the story can speak to us right now, how it might best resonate in our lives. For in a sense, we are all the walking wounded. At least all of us who've survived the initial blows of whatever it is that life has thrown at us so far. 
That's what I was thinking when I was looking around the A&E at 2.33 o'clock on Tuesday morning, looking at all my companions, all of us who would rather have been tucked up in bed instead of waiting and hoping for our names to be called and for care to be given. None of us get through this life without enduring some turbulence, at least along the way. And we mustn't conveniently forget those who have not made it through the worst of life's trials. That would be a kind of survivorship bias. It's important to realise that in some sense, those of us who have made it this far, the walking wounded, we're the relatively lucky ones. But for those of us who are still here, on the other side of Easter, having endured our own crosses to bear, what might we take from the story? How might it speak to our condition? These days we hear a lot about trauma, individual and collective, and its lasting impact. I've heard it said that the collective trauma of the pandemic is going to take us as humans years to work through. It's something that the Unitarian Universalist leaders in the US have been taking very seriously over this last year or so. And I'm no trauma expert, but one understanding that makes sense to me was laid out by the UU minister, Elizabeth Strong. She has a PhD in trauma-informed worship. And she says, trauma at its root is any experience that sort of shatters our experience of reality. It breaks us open, it breaks us apart, it causes a rupture in our self-understanding and our understanding of how the world works. Pretty much everybody experiences trauma at some point or another in their life." End quote. Now trauma varies in its levels of intensity and some people are carrying a great deal more than others. But it seems to me that pretty much nobody gets through this life unscathed. Suffering is universal and I expect that all of us carry at least a few wounds, visible or invisible, physical, emotional, or spiritual, or perhaps they're old scars by now, somewhat healed, or at least somewhat hidden away. Before I draw this short reflection to a close, I wanted to share a little excerpt from a piece by Nadia Boltz Weber, the famously and enjoyably sweary and tattooed rock and roll Lutheran pastor. She published this letter a year ago. I think it helps us to connect the Easter story and our recent collective experience. It's a letter to God, a, a letter that was written just as the first vaccines were becoming available, as the first little shoots of hope were emerging this time last year. She wrote, Dear God, many of us are stepping into the first light of a post-pandemic dawn. And one minute I want to run full speed and the next I am unable to move. If I talk too much about what was lost, I feel like a bummer. If I talk about all the unexpected gifts, I feel like I'm being callous. And I'm not sure I can ever be who I was before. But also I'm not totally sure who everyone else is now either. My Easter request is this, help us to remember that resurrection isn't reversal. That as we return to life, we are carrying our own wounds from loss and isolation. But we are also emerging with new beauty and new wisdom. We are not who we were. But we do get to discover who we are. Help us not to foreclose on each other. 
maybe just grant us holy curiosity for a while. And please give me courage to trust the hope I feel right now. Save me from squandering this moment of new life and remind me that all the fear and cynicism in the world never protects me from pain and disappointment in the way I think they will. Give us back to each other when the time is right. May we recognise you, our wounded and resurrected God, in our laughter, in our tears, and maybe even in each other. Some words by Nadia Boltz-Weber, which spoke powerfully to me, and I hope they'll have resonated with you too. It seems important to keep this understanding. We are not who we were, and keep that in our awareness now. We have survived, but we are transformed, and we have been wounded. So let's remember to take great care with ourselves and each other as we attempt to discern the way forward together in love. And I want to reprise Cliff Reed's words as a blessing. The faith of Easter is that beyond darkness there is light, beyond sorrow there is joy, beyond death there is life. And we are called to be messengers of hope and compassion to each other, to our neighbours and the world. When this crisis passes, may each of us be able to reflect that we didn't altogether fail the test of love, conscience and humanity. For we are living through a bitter, fearful spring, but it will come to an end. And we will see the summer once again. Amen. Time to sing. Now, last hymn, it's a stirring one to end with. Give thanks for life. Once again, the words are on your hymn sheet and they'll be up on your screens at home. Feel free to stand or sit or parade around your kitchen as you feel moved. Let us lift up our voices in song, as Brian said. Give thanks for life. <laughs>
Thank you. I could find ways to make technical hitches happen. Sorry to everyone that didn't have the words of the last verse. <laughs> Time for a few announcements. Thank you so, so much to Janine for being our technical host this morning. It is a terribly hard job and she'll need to lie down in a darkened room for at least a week. In fact, yes, let's, I think this is very much called for. Thanks also to Ramona for helping us set up this morning and being here at the crack of dawn. Uh, thanks to Maria for co-hosting on Zoom, to Harla and Brian for reading, to Peter and our quartet for splendid, splendid music today. For those of you who are here in person, there'll be a chance to stay for refreshments if you'd like to. Marianne and Brian are serving coffee, tea and biscuits in the hall after the service. Please keep your mask on until you get into the hall, if you can, for the sake of those being COVID cautious. For those of you who are attending via Zoom, there'll be virtual coffee after the service hosted by Maria. So do hang around for a chat. You'll have to bring your own beverage, though. There's also a getting to know you walk today, which will be led by Patricia and David, if you want to wave. Um, that sets off at 12.15. Do I mean 12.15? lost track of time. Uh, that will last about an hour and will end up at Holland Park Tube Station. Um, if you don't feel like socialising today, you can always drop us an email to say hello. We can come along to one of our online events during the week. We've got coffee morning as usual at 10.30 on Tuesday. Always interesting conversation. And there are still spaces left for heart and soul this week on Rest for the Weary. That's our contemplative spiritual gathering uh, Sunday and Friday at seven o'clock. If you've never been before, it's not too late to start. This congregation very much has a life beyond Sunday mornings, and we encourage you to keep in touch and look out for each other the rest of the week. Now, I believe I'm going to hand over to Heidi, who has a few words to say. Would you, would you come to the desk, Heidi, so that everyone can hear you? Uh, there is another thank you. A very heartfelt thank you to Julia, who has been so much our treasurer for more years than I can remember. How many people? I think it's 16 altogether. <coughs> and I know being a treasurer of London is a tiresome job. Here is an Easter basket for you and a chocolate Easter bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Juliet. So, next week, our service will be back on Zoom at 10.30, and it'll be led by Sarah Tinker, because I'm off on holiday for a few weeks from next Saturday, so unless I see you at Heart and Soul or the coffee morning, that is it from me for a bit. I'll see you back here on the 15th of May. Just time for our closing words and closing music now. Let us go forth on this bright Easter morning with the faith that life is worth living. Defeat and adversity can be transformed into victory and hope. Love is eternal and life is stronger than death. 
May we find joy this Easter. A joy born of a life well lived. May we find love this Easter, bringing healing and new growth. May we have peace this Easter, a peace that gives us reason to sing. And may our faith inspire us to live our lives with dignity, courage, hope and love as we go out and meet the days to come. Amen.